Hello, my friends. What is up, y'all? Welcome back. You are listening to the Angel Face Magic Hour podcast, and I am your host, Grace Lannon. I'm a psychic medium and an energy healer, and this is your favorite weekly podcast for all things magical, metaphysical, and more. (laughs) I'm excited. Today, we're going to be having another special guest on. I've been having so much fun doing these interviews, and I have a bunch of really cool episodes coming up today, including the one you're about to listen to. So today we're talking with Nikki G. I'm really excited. Nikki is not only a badass bodybuilder, bodybuilder coach, like she'll give you all her titles. She has a lot of titles, but she works in the health and wellness space, but she also is a intuitive psychic medium. And I had the pleasure of meeting Nikki. We talk about this a little bit in the episode, but I met her in Sloan, um, Audrey Sloan Tate's medium circle in 2020 that I attended. And Sloan has been a guest on this podcast as well. So you can go back and check out her episode if you haven't. She's also a medium who hosts these circles. And that's where I met Nikki. Um, So I really met her through the perspective of a medium, but it turns out that she does so much, so much more. So it's really cool to see how she uses her skills as a psychic medium in a different sphere, in a different way than um, people who are maybe doing like card readings or something. She also does card readings and she also does mediumship readings. So if you want to reach out to her, I'm going to put all her information in the show notes if you want to book a reading. But she works with coaching clients and she is based in Colorado. And I'm super excited to have this conversation. So before we get into it, I just want to let you guys know about a couple of upcoming events. So firstly, Spirit School is still open for enrollment. This is my online psychic development class. And class is going to be in April 9th. So doors close for an enrollment April 8th. So that's coming up pretty quick. I did release a little bonus episode on here as well. with, And it's also on my Instagram and my YouTube with Margot, one of my former students, um, talking about their experience in spirit school. So if you want a little bit um, more of like a understanding of what people, you know, received and connected to through that class, you can listen to that. And I have some older ones with other students on my IGTV page on Instagram. Um, and I just like to highlight like what my students, you know, have to say as well. So you can check out testimonials on my website, written testimonials, if you are curious. And basically all you got to do is go to my website and sign up directly for class. We're going to be meeting for eight consecutive, consecutive, consecutive weeks. That means week after week (laughs) for eight weeks. 
um, live over Zoom. And then you get 12 self-study, self-paced online modules where you can go through all that material on your own. And yeah, we're talking about intuitive development, psychic development, um, energy healing. We get into so many different topics. And it's really like I describe it as like a psychic boot camp, getting you, you know, ready to feel comfortable connecting. Um, And that can be just for yourself. That could be for clients. Maybe you already work with clients as a Reiki practitioner and you want to like dive more into your intuitive abilities. Or maybe you just want to connect more into your natural intuitive abilities and understand a little bit more about yourself Um, this class is designed for all levels of experience and we give you a variety of different types of material from meditations to breathwork trainings to journal exercises, sound healings, so much more. And then we meet weekly doing different practice exercises to develop your psychic senses, to connect with your intuition. We talk about mediumship Um, connecting to the cosmos and cosmic energy, soul memories, past lives. It's really like a taste of all this different stuff that is um, exciting to me. And I think everyone is intuitive. Everyone's a little bit psychic. You just have to remember that's our whole tagline here on Angel Face Magic Hour. Um, So I teach this class to help support people through that journey and you know, sometimes that is scary or uncomfortable or you just like don't understand what's going on. So it can be really helpful just to have like a supportive group and to have tools and techniques that you can touch into and discover what is exciting or interesting to you. So like today we talk with Nikki and she says, okay, most of her psychic information comes through claircognizantly or clairvoyantly so that's psychic knowing and psychic vision and for me I get clairsentience and clairaudience primarily but I get a little bit of everything we've talked about this on several different episodes um but yeah this class is really getting you to see like where do you feel most comfortable where do you want to push yourself where do you want to learn more? Um, and like, what could be interesting? Like, I don't expect everyone to jive with every single exercise, but to have that understanding of, oh, the breath work really helps me drop in or the visualization really helps me, but I'm not really into the journaling. It's about discovering what is helpful for you. Um, so like Nikki says that she does her meditation, her workouts, and journaling every day as a non-negotiable. And she is very much a dedicated person um, and the type of person who thrives on those dedications and devotions to her work. And I I feel the same way, but I'm less um, regimented, I would say, than Nikki. So I like to explore and try new things all the time. So it's really cool to be able to present all that information to people and just see like what works for you. And then the live classes, like I said, revolve around practicing different exercises. You learn to give and receive intuitive readings. Um, We talk about mediumship, 
if you want to know more, I go way more in depth on, uh, on my IGTV page on Instagram and YouTube. I, uh, just did a whole hour long breakdown of what exactly is in the class. And then of course you can read all that information on my website and class begins April 9th. So yeah, we will be in class from April to May live. And then you have all the material indefinitely to go through, um, on your own pace. And that's, what's so cool is just leading people into this, like, endless learning which is spirituality and healing like I don't ever believe we are healed I think that is hard to even imagine because we're always in a state of flux so I think it's more about being healed is to me is more about getting comfortable with the state that you are in if you feel sad being in that sadness if you feel angry being in that anger instead of pushing away your emotions it's experiencing them and that's that allows you to I think feel more healed because you feel like acceptance acceptance is is the is the name of the game So yes, if you are interested in signing up for spirit school, all you got to do is just go to my website and you can sign up directly on there. I have detailed out all the information about the course and um, we have payment plans and all the details are on there. So class is going to start April 9th, a little over a week from now so if you're thinking about signing up I encourage you to do so and I would love to have you in this eight-week psychic development journey and we can really dive deep together so I'm excited and then yeah without further ado we're going to be talking with Nikki so please enjoy this conversation and I will see y'all next week Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. We are here with Nikki today. Say hi, Nikki. Hello. And to start, I'd just love to have you introduce yourself to the audience. Say a little bit about yourself, where you're from. Right. Put it in a nutshell. (laughs) Um, I'm originally from New Jersey. My name is Nikki. Um, I currently live in Colorado, just outside of Boulder. Um, I actually used to come here for, I used to live here because I went to college out here. Loved it so much. Moved to LA. Loved that so much, but felt like Miami was my calling. Moved to Miami. Um, and then from Miami, came back here. So that's where I'm at. Um, I'm a full-time personal trainer, uh, bodybuilding coach, a nutrition coach, posing coach, um, and psychic medium. Yes. You work on the physical and the spiritual realms. Yes. And you can't have one without the other. So <laughs> totally. I already feel like the energy coming in. Yeah. I met Nikki at um, a medium circle through Sloan, who's also been on the podcast and Sloan is based in Miami. So you guys, I'm assuming met there. Well, actually Sloan and I met at a group interview um, at Lululemon. We were both oh, working okay. part time. Yeah, literally. And I'm looking at her from across the circle and I'm like, you (laughs) like I just look like I knew I was like I'm gonna be friends with you (laughs) and turns out we're both the same sign and it's just crazy so yeah (laughs) I love that yeah so um basically today I would just love to have you kind of 
share with us a little bit about more, I would say somewhat recent experience being open and telling people, okay, I'm a medium, this is what I do. And like opening up your services, not only to this physical realm of like body um, health and taking it into like the, another level of that with mediumship. Totally. And it's, it's crazy. Cause I've always, I've always been in fitness. That was like the one career that I chose. Like I actually went to school for, I double majored in marketing and management. So I've always been a business oriented person, which absolutely makes sense. Cause I'm a manifester as far as a human design goes. Um, so it's weird because even though I've, I've always been in fitness and I've always worked with people and I've always been called to do that. I always just thought it was like a physical thing. I always just thought, Hey, I'm going to get them, you know, to X, Y, Z shape, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, keep it moving. But what I realized is like over the course of the last 11 to 12 years of training, um, my entire journey basically has been guided by intuition and by mediumship. And I just so happened, like, I, I say that I have like, a, like fitness is my universal language because I can connect with anybody on fitness, regardless of their background, their age, their, uh, you know, orientation. It doesn't matter. Like I can connect with them on fitness. And so much of that is, has been uh, powered by, you know, int intuition from, you know, programming their actual workouts to knowing when a client needs me and I just text them and say, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> like, you know, talk to me a little bit. And uh, so, yeah, it was definitely cool to see, see that uh, evolution and watch it come to fruition. And it really was only within the last couple of years that I was like, okay, this is who I am. And I'm so cool with it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And I feel like with the physical stuff, it's like, if you're getting deep down into it, like really doing what you do, which is like changing the body. Like, it's not just like, oh, I'm going to exercise. It's like, you're competing, you're making yeah. a physical, like, transformation. Vessel. yeah, transformation. It's like, there's no way that can't be spiritual. You're like, a hundred percent, you're going into a lot and so much of food and emotional stuff like comes up, I'm sure with your clients too, like, Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and you see those clients in, in certain cases that aren't competitors necessarily that come in with like, you know, binge eating disorders or, or things like that. And it's like, you know, I, I know that it's an emotional trauma. Maybe they don't know that it's an emotional trauma yet. Um, but part of my job and I feel what I'm called to do is actually like explain it to them and like, Hey, listen, like, here's what's really going on. Like you're not abnormal for feeling or acknowledging or seeing these things. Like, I know you've been saying you've had this since you were 16. Well, what happened when you were 16 years old that this, this triggered that, that behavior pattern. Um, you know, and I, I think a lot of people think that, you know, and they're right to assume this, you know, that the bodybuilding industry is full of like vanity and a lot of narcissism and self-centeredness. Um, on the flip side, you know, knowing that and going into the industry myself, I really made it a point that, that I was never going to be those, those types of ways or have those types of characteristics. Um, and I think I took it to the opposite extreme where it was like, okay, cool. This is spiritual. I am spending one to two to three hours a day by myself training and going into meditative states of cardio and, you know, before sunup and after sundown. And, you know, there's a lot of that one-on-one -on -one time where you're really in yourself and, you know, with bodybuilding, it's, you're hundred percent responsible for your physique on stage. It's not your team's fault. It's not your coach's fault. It is you on that stage. So when you really take on that ownership of yourself, um, it puts you in a different responsibility state of like, like it's like a responsibility to myself to carry myself a certain way or eat a certain way or, um, you know, coach a certain way. And, you know, to your point, it's very much spiritual as it is physical. What do you feel like with the posing stuff? Do you feel like that? I don't know. It's, I see it as like displaying a certain aspect of yourself. 
Like, Absolutely. Um, and that's the thing yeah. I love about posing. It's, it's funny because when I first started bodybuilding, I was not a good poser. I mean, I couldn't even walk in heels. Um, it took me like months to learn how to, how to do the walk and do those things. So, you know, on one hand, it's, it's an art in and of itself, but on the other, everybody and everybody poses differently. You're posing to their personality. So as I got better at posing and became a posing coach myself and now build routines for women from scratch and, um, you know, it's based on their personality. It's based on their energy. It's based on their flow. Um, of course, there's some technicalities and things that you're hitting in within the posing that you have to hit for mandatory poses, but everything else I am building it to their like aura and their body, which is super cool. And that's why I love posing because it's like, everybody's routine is different, you know, and that's, that's cool to me. <laughs> and I feel like you can see the, like, I don't know, the different parts of people's bodies in such a different way when you display it in, in that manner of like, I'm hitting a specific angle. It's like almost mathematical or something. It's, it's funny you say that because everything to me, when I look at, you know, when you look at like the perfect symmetry, right. Uh, like, um, the golden ratio. Literally, the golden <laughs> that's ratio. what you're talking about. Yes, six point six point eight, or I, I don't remember the numbers offhand. But when you're looking at like things like the golden ratio, that's why that's why I'm fascinated with bodybuilding. And I actually didn't realize what was a like why I was attracted to it. Like back in the '90s, um, I was a kid growing up in the '90s. My dad took me to a gym like when I was nine or ten. Is my first time ever going to a gym. And I remember reading his like fitness magazines and seeing like these people that were built like like statues. And I'm like, my God, they look like Greek gods, you know, and I just remember being so fascinated, but not from like a vanity standpoint of like, oh, I want to look like them. It was like, you built this, like you're literally a walking art piece, like muscle, you feed the muscle, the muscle grows, like it's a live organism. And I really remember being fascinated by this at like 10. And from there, I was just like, it's math. It's all symmetry. It's all based on this proportion and this proportion. And if your forearms are a certain size, your calves are a certain size, which makes you then the perfect ratio. And again, some people take this too far where it's like, okay, an obsession, they need to be this. And that genetics plays a big role. Sanity plays a big role in these things. So for me, why I do this and why I choose to do this career is because it is truly fascinating to me to take somebody from a place that they, they never thought they would ever change from into a different physique. Like that is powerful. Like you, you as the athlete did that yourself, but you also took that step to ask for, Hey, I, I'm, I'm wanting something more. What is this next step for me? And I provide them the roadmap and it's a great partnership from there. So I like it. <laughs> Did you ever do that thing when you were little where you'd like measure your length and your arms, like to see no. if they were the same? <laughs> no. <laughs> Mine are, I'm proportionate, but like if you lie down on the ground and we would draw ourselves with chalk on the outside and then yeah. do the arms and then you'd measure it with like a yardstick and see if they're the same. <laughs> no I like I didn't do that <laughs> I did <laughs> but I mean yeah and it's funny now because like I mean it's to a point and, and I always thought it was just like who I was as a person like I didn't know it was because I have like true like true intuition and true like ability to like read people um but it it, it got to a point when I was working in corporate gyms and I would have like you know you get a certain amount of leads per month that come in that are new members of the gym and you you introduce them to the gym and show them you know show them what they need to learn and if they train with you great if they don't great and it would just get to a point where I would see the person walking towards me. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. They sit at a desk. And I know this because their, their left, their left hip turns out, you know, 10 degrees more when they step, which means they cross their leg underneath when they're sitting at said desk. And like the client would sit in front of me and I'd be like, oh, okay. So you're a lawyer. Great. Do you sleep on your left side? Great. And I would go through all these things and they would be like, well, how, how do you know these? And I'm like, 
I just do. Like, <laughs> is it right or is it not? <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, I like I came from doing skincare to doing the psychic stuff. So I would see that same thing of like, I can just tell what's going on inside your body. And I thought it was like reading the face, which is true. Like you can see, okay, if someone's got something going on here, maybe there's something going on in their kidneys or whatever. So much deeper than that. <laughs> but I was like, oh shit, I'm like actually just like listening to people's telepathic stuff. And, and, and it's weird because it's like we go from doing that work and like, sure, I work a real job and I probably work between 60 and 80 hours a week. It doesn't feel like that to me because it's all I know. And it's all that's just like, oh, okay, da, da, da. you know, and like, for example, yesterday, I never give free advice. I never give unsolicited advice. Like nobody wants somebody who's in shape coming up to them and be like, hey, you're doing something wrong. Here's advice. I just don't do it. I've never done it. It comes off offensively. I understand I have a very bold personality, but you'll never see me do that. And yesterday, a girl that I met at a CrossFit competition when I was at supporting another friend, I wasn't even competing in the CrossFit competition. I saw this cool power couple that was like just an awesome their vibe was awesome. Like they just, they were killing the competition. You could tell they were just like super intuitive. Like you could just tell. And so I started vibing with this girl and I halfway through her or like two thirds through this, uh, one of the competitions she was doing, she was gassing. And I was like, Hey, you got this. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know how to do this. And she was like, you know, she finished her, her meet and came and found me that day. Like later and was like, Hey, thanks for, for that, that push. I, you're right. I could do this. Like, what, what was I thinking? I was like, exactly. I knew you could do it. You're jacked. And uh, anyway, we've exchanged Instagrams, found our Instagram. And so she posted something yesterday where she had a uh, barbell over her head and her left shoulder was like a little bit elevated more than the right. And I'm thinking, I'm like, do I write to her and tell her what the issue is so she could fix it? Or do I just shut up and say nothing? <laughs> what did you do? Gonna, I said something because Good, I, know that she yeah. actually, well, I know she would take the advice as like not a threat. And I know she would actually apply it. I don't get anything out of it. I'm not trying to do CrossFit. I don't need to get, you know, whatever. So I write her, I'm like, hey, I just want to let you know your left lat is tighter than your right. So I, one of two things, you're either sleeping on your left-hand side or you have a shoulder injury that you don't know of, but I would recommend getting a massage, releasing your teres minor, getting your supraspinatus loosened in your lat. She writes me back, she's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, that's exactly it. I sleep on my left side. And I was like, there's your answer. <laughs> so now she's getting a massage to fix her issue. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> we're doing it. <laughs> do you think that spirit communicates with you a little bit through those body because that's like the language you can speak like the body they're like oh this muscle (laughs) 100 percent. there's times that I I'm a social person I'm an outgoing person I'm obviously like I'm a Leo but I'm also a very introverted person like I enjoy my private space I enjoy my private time my quiet time so if I'm going to engage in a conversation with somebody I'm generally not going to be like hey I have something to say right away it's usually like I'm thinking it okay spirit I'm going to say it. And it just comes out like word vomit. So it's not always me. That's like, Hey, here, you know, it, cause I sat on her page for a second. I was like, and the spirit was do like, I, do I? Do I? <laughs> it happens all the time. And I'm like, just trust your intuition initially. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Do you feel like people hold pain and stuff in their, in their muscles, 100%. like emotional pain? hundred percent. I have, a, I actually work very closely with um, a naturopath. Um, she has this bio, energetic machine. I I don't know the exact name of it, but long story short, you put headphones on and it sends a frequency through your body to the cellular level. Is it the Ely thing? I want to say yes. It's it's from Russia. There's like two brands. Yeah. It's originally from Russia. She, I, I, all my clients, when my clients come to me, they're coming to me for a physical change, but that's like one tenth of like really what they're there for. So I'm connecting them with a naturopath, the acupuncturist, the, the, you know, the so on and so forth. So they can get their healing handled because to your point, 
every single ailment in the body that is physical is from an emotional trauma. There is not one person that I've worked with that can sit here and say, oh, well, I've had this knee injury because of, no, it is from an emotional trauma of some sort, whether it's a past life, whether it's a current life, it doesn't matter, it's there. So what we can do in this current present metaphysical world is if we can control as many variables as we can, as far as the food that we consume, the people that we surround ourselves with, the things we listen to, the TV, the, that kind of stuff, the more we can be in harmony with that external um, existence, our internal will ultimately match that. But if we have that toxic crap all around us all the time, abusive relationships and this and a family trauma that you don't want to let go of, you're never going to lose the weight. And I tell people this, you know, it's like, hey, listen, I don't know why you're not losing weight. Yeah, I know you're still, the habits are still there that are inviting that toxicity in. Um, so yeah, I, I completely agree that there is um, physical trauma stored in the body from present and past lives. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree. I had a recurring knee injury for like, there you go. I felt um, like it was we called it out. Yeah. Like for, since I started when I was like 15 until about 25 and I did everything I had medical stuff, but there, they never knew like what was the issue. And I found out over years of like excavating it, that it was like a past life thing. And my knee got trapped in this trap and I drowned. It was dramatic experience, but clearly I held on to that for, I don't know how long ago that was. I don't know how many lifetimes ago that was, but it was like physically trapped. Yeah. I had that happen with my neck a couple of years ago. Um, and this not even a couple, this was when I was still living in Miami. So 2000 and 14 ish, give or take Uh, long story short, you know, my dad's a very intuitive person, but my dad doesn't want to listen to his intuition. So he will find every reason to cause chaos in his life to avoid just being still and being present. So that is his familiar. That is his journey to deal with. I can accept it. I don't need to change it. It is what it is. And a couple of years ago when I was living in Miami, um, I kept having reoccurring neck issues and I wasn't doing anything different. I wasn't sleeping weird. And finally I was with the woman, uh, Judith, who's a really good friend. Uh, she does body talk. And it was one of, actually I sent Sloan to her. That's a very interesting. I just think it thought of that. Um, and, and Judith does uh, a practice called body talk. I don't know if you've ever had it done, but it's, it's, it's no, but it sounds cool. Oh, it's crazy. Like you'll lay on her table. She'll tap your third eye. She'll tap your chest, she'll tap your right above your belly button, like your solar plexus. She'll go through a couple of times and she'll be like, yeah, your allergy to gluten is because you're allergic to your mother. And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and like, you just work on it. It's crazy. So wow, I want to do that. Oh, Judith is awesome. And I'll, I'll connect you with her. But uh, where was I going with this? What were we even talking? Oh, and so I had gone to her. I was like, hey, my neck is, you know, I'm really dealing with this. And she was like, you're arguing with your father. And I was like, yes and no. I mean, I am, but we have differences. And she goes, well, it comes from your C2 vertebrae. You were actually shot because you were a, an Apache warrior back in X, you know, and I had the email saved. And it was like, this happened in four lifetimes ago. And it's C2, you were shot by somebody on your own team. So I'm assuming we were on horseback and I was hit in the neck or something that was like from my own side that was an accident. And she's like, that is directly correlated with your issues with your dad, which made sense because my dad's issue, he always had this thing called military neck where the curvature in your spine is doesn't go the right direction. So if this is my head facing forward, the the neck should be facing rounded backwards, not facing forward. That forward movement comes from work, computers, TVs, driving, you know, old age. Yeah, we call it the tech neck. Exactly. So my dad was having these reoccurring issues and I was like, ah, it's from him. Well, I'm so in tune and connected with my dad when I was having, I knew I was having kidney issues or appendix issues rather six months ago when I actually had an oyster that had a parasite on it. 
I could literally tell, I texted my naturopath. I had a picture of me on my floor and it was like, right here is my appendix. I was like, there's something going on with it. Sure enough, my dad was going through issues. At the same time, I had this appendix. So I'm very much into like connectedness of like previous lives because it all matters. Yeah, it's like that clear sentience, but we, it's interesting when you start to think about time and the dimensions and it gets confusing because you're like, okay, it's all happening at one time. Right. But like there's times I have conversations that I thought I've had. I mean, I did have the conversation, but there weren't in this life. So I have to like ask Nick, like, Hey, did I have this with you? Did I tell you this yet? Or was it a dream? Was it, did I imagine it when I was on the Stairmaster the other day? Do we physically exchange these words? And he's like, no. I'm like, thanks. Thanks. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause sometimes I feel like we're like, when we are thinking it's, we're used to that tele- te- telepathic communication. So then having to actually like say it, it's like, so like, I forget. Uh, I'm like, well, I didn't actually say that yet. <laughs> it happened yesterday about four or five different times as we're getting ready for dinner. It was like, I had, I had my thought. It was, it was exactly like 25 or 30 seconds before. And then Nick would be like, Hey, did you? And I was like, yeah, just thought it five minutes later, same thing. And it happened like four or five times back to back. And I was like, are we doing this tonight? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So tell us a little bit about like, what does a typical day look like for you? A typical day. Um, well, I journal. I feel like you're always doing a hell of a little shit. (laughs) Yeah. I, I always, I'm always on the go. Um, I have a lot going on but it's all very compartmentalized. So it kind of probably looks chaotic on the outside, but there is a system to like my madness, you know? Like, <laughs> um, but generally um, I recently took a position as a coach uh, for a major bodybuilding team in the bodybuilding world. So um, as I transition into that position, which is pretty much a remote position, I can actually work anywhere. Um, I am basically an online coach. I'm also a personal trainer. Um, I'm also a posing coach. I'm also, um, it's called low pressure fitness, which is, a technique of breathing that is used to shrink your waist in bodybuilding. It's also used for other things. They, they actually do a variation of this in yoga as well. Um, so I do kind of a lot of things that are all related to the same industry. Um, I also have recently opened up my books for uh, readings for both card readings, um, but also mediumship readings because a lot of my clients started coming to me for that. And what better way to work with somebody when you're early on in your practice than with people that you already know. Um, and you're, you're not afraid to be vulnerable or afraid to say, Oh my God, this just came through. Like, is this normal? And they're like, Oh my God, yeah, it is. And you're like, Oh, okay. It is. You know, you don't see, you know, seem like a weirdo because you're just throwing random stuff out there. Um, and so, yeah, so a typical day for me kind of looks like uh, no matter what I get my workouts in, no matter what I journal, uh, no matter what I get some sort of meditation in, um, it could be an in-person client day. I could have a FaceTime client day, um, some sort of admin of, of some sort checking in with my clients because I have clients that check in on certain days. Um, but yeah, kind of always going generally up between seven and eight, nah, five and seven, I would say I get up between, um, and then pretty much doing anything until like five or seven at night. So each day is different, but also really like fulfilling. <laughs> Do you like the variety? Like I thrive on that, like having a million things going on. <laughs> yes. I actually, when I was in my last semester of college was like, when I had like a mental breakdown, I was like, I'm going to graduate and I will have to sit in a cubicle and work at nine to five. Like I am not meant for this. Like, yeah, it's boring as fuck. I couldn't do that. I could not show up and be like, this is what I'm supposed to do every single day. Because after a certain point, I will make that schedule efficient. And then once I make something efficient, I'm bored. And I'm like, oh, 
I'm not challenged anymore. And now this is boring. So that's actually when I decided to get my personal training certification. So I had my 18 credit load and I was studying for this personal training certification simultaneously uh, because I just felt that I was called to do something more than just sit at a desk. Um, so I absolutely love different days for different things. There are certain days of my week that I have certain things, for example, like my blowouts are always on Tuesdays and Fridays, right? My Pilates are always on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Like there's certain things that happen on the same days. Um, but I really try to do kind of like, if I have a heavier Wednesday load, my Thursday is very light. If I have a Friday heavy load, Saturday is very light. I really try to go back and forth with the busyness just because A, I need recharge. B, my recovery game is really strong. Like I take care of, you know, you, you can only output as much as you're inputting. So I have to make sure that I'm in tune with my healers and, you know, acupuncture, massage, chiropractic care, um, facialists, things like that to make me feel grounded. Um, so yeah, so I generally alternate between heavy days, lighter days, heavy days, lighter days. I also kind of take it a little bit further as far as like a ton of client focus days and an introverted day. It really has to go like that because I can't operate on five to six days in a row of a ton of clients or I am not myself at the end of that six days. <laughs> yeah, it gets like a little exhausting. I'm sure with the physical stuff too, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of factors. It's not just talking. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I'm so connected with my, like my clients are like in my container, right? So yesterday I texted a client because I could feel that she was being insecure about something. And I was like, I need to text her. I could just feel like she's freaking out for no reason. Like there's no reason to freak out. Of course I text her, I check in. I was like, Hey, what's going on? She's like, Oh my God, I don't know why I'm, I'm, I'm having like, I have really good days and I have really bad days. And today just happens to be a really bad day. And I was like, don't worry, it's going to be fine. And you know, by the end of the conversation, she was feeling fine. So even if I'm not working and I'm with a client, I'm working and I'm still with clients because I just, I just know. <laughs> yeah. I well, And it's like high touch, you know, you're there to support them. So you kind of have to be on. Yes. And, and they're very respectful of my time. Like, it's not like they come to me for every single thing and like, so you know, I am or whatever. Now they're super respectful and you know, it's, it works. So, so talk about the breathing. I've seen some videos, um, on TikTok of people yes. doing that. It's like a certain technique yes. so where I you go in. Yep. So I'm certified in low pressure fitness. And that is like the generic way of saying like vacuums or hyperoppressives. Um, what that simply means is, and I believe they do it in yoga as well. Like I, I'm not a yogi necessarily, but I do know that there is some like belly breathing where it's like, you can almost see like the ripples of their mm -hmm. belly. Like it's kind of a similar concept to that. And what that means is when breathing properly, you want to use your transverse abdominis, which is like your innermost girdle of abs, right? So we have our transverse abdominis. We have other abs that obliques, internal obliques, external obliques, rectus femoris, and those abs kind of layer over each other and go in different directions. Low pressure fitness or hyperoppressive or vacuum breathing focuses on that TVA, which is that internal girdle. Why does this matter and why is this important? Well, um, if we want to look at it from a childbearing uh, angle, if a woman can control her TBA and have that abdominal control, she will have, she will be less likely to develop imbalances in her, her pelvic floor or have pelvic uh, floor dysfunction as she gets pregnant or gets bigger in her pregnancy because she has that control. What happens is as we are gaining that belly weight that we're not used to necessarily, we then start to develop that anterior pelvic tilt, which then causes us to have that low back impingement, pain in our hips, 
uncomfortable pregnancies and things that lead up to cervical, uh, not cervical, um, C-sections. So the, the belly breathing or the, the LPF breathing in the bodybuilding world is used from an aesthetic standpoint of like, okay, cool, we're going to shrink our waist. Like this is what it does. Can other people do that too? Yeah, of course. But with the extreme dieting and, and of course the waist trainers and things like that, you're going to see the maximal results from a normal person standpoint. It's good for God, disc herniations, uh, incontinence, women that have had children that can't hold their bathroom anymore. It's like, this will fix things like that. So yes, on an aesthetic standpoint, it's great for waste, but on the other hand, it's actually really good from like medical purposes and both men and women can do this. <laughs> That's really interesting. Cause I feel like I will, I have a lot of clients that have, um, like endometriosis and just a lot of hormone issues. I'm that's interesting that like just thinking about these people and the way that they hold their body. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. There might be something going on with like those, the side and the, the, the muscles in the front Definitely. rather than just the, the lower back like area. Oh, totally. And like the core, like when people think, Oh, I'm doing abs and like your abs are around. They're not just your six pack. It's your lower back. If we only train the front part of our body, right. And we only train, 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 train. We're going to develop these muscles that curve forward. The LPF almost pulls you back into that negative space, right? So if we do abs and we crunch forward, we're pushing into a positive space that increases the pressure in our actual tummy. When we do the LPF and we practice the vacuum breathing inward, we're now working in that negative space. So when you think about a muscle, and now I'm getting into like anatomy here, right? This is sparking something in my mind though. So I love it. Let's keep going. So when you think about something like a bicep curl, right? When you do a bicep curl, the concentric movement is the shortening of the muscle. The pause in the center is the isometric movement. And then the lengthening of the muscle is the eccentric movement. If you're training your abs constantly in the front movement, you're only training them concentrically. So by adding the LPF in, you're now training them in the negative space or that eccentric. So now you're actually increasing true mobility and true flexibility because of that, that pair. So that is how over time your waist ends up shrinking because you're pulling those muscles back in through your own breath. That's so interesting. I'm seeing like a vision in my mind of like the... I don't know how to explain this into words. I'm here for it. But like uh, the negative space around the body, how that is like putting pressure on us. So we're yes. like pushing back. Yes. Which it's like makes so much more sense than the way I was thinking about it before. Yes. And for me, like I'm, I'm a very visual person. Like that's how I, that's how my intuition is. It's, it's just like, it's claircognizance. I just know, you know what I mean? It's just, there's no hesitation. Even as a kid, I would just know answers. And I'm like, I, I shouldn't know this answer. I just do. My parents would Same. I'd be like knowing all the answers. So it's my test never studied. Same. And I'm like, okay. Or my parents would say something and I'm like, that's not the answer. It's this. And they'd be like, why would you know? And I'm like, fuck you too. Okay. Like, I don't, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I, sorry, you don't know the answer. I do. And uh, yeah, so it's just, I always found like when I, whenever I, that's why I think I love what I do so much because it's all problem solving, right? Client comes to me, they show me their blood work. I'm like, okay, do, 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 do. got to do this, got to change this, got to do this. That will yield X amount of percentage of body fat down in addition to their workouts, you know, tweak their cardio. Like that to me is exciting. I get to figure out the puzzle piece to a puzzle they may never had an answer to, or they've tried with other, you know, people and I could be the one that changes them. So it's, it's just cool. Like I genuinely enjoy what I do because it's so hands-on and it's so involved and it's so, it's so much deeper than the physical, you know, getting to know somebody on a almost cellular level, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it really is deep. Like, I mean, there's just so much that is connected to the way we hold ourselves 
that's that I think you really need to get deep or else it's not going to be effective. Like that's probably why other people, maybe they're not getting those same results because it's more surface. Totally. And that's, and I, I genuinely feel, and I've said this since day one, like my clients, especially having gone private um, after I left my corporate job, I've been training privately. And even now that I'm working for someone else, I'm still like an independent contractor within the team. So I'm still given that free reign of what I've been doing with my clients just under, under a different logo, you know? And that is the one thing that I feel like anytime I get clients in my schedule, whether it's random or it was requested, um, I know the person that is put into my schedule is going to go through a major change, whether it's a family death, whether it's a change in relationship status, a divorce, a new acquisition of a, of, of a person, um, a job, you know, something, something related to a job. They're going to go through something that's pretty gnarly and I know it either just happened or it's just about to happen so I firmly believe that every single person that's in my schedule like I'm there to help them physically get ready for that challenge so that they're okay on a mental level after the fact like okay I I can do this or I can go through this divorce or I did lose the 30 pounds of emotional eating that I put on when this person was verbally abusing me for the last two years you know so it's every person has a purpose in my schedule and so whenever anybody shows up I'm like okay what are we doing today? What what do you got going on? Yeah. Amazing. So how long have you been do like you stopped doing the competing yourself? How long has that been? A couple a year, two years? Not even. So I started competing in 2017 and that was my first my first year of competing. Um I did three shows that year and then my last show was in November of this year um or of 2021. And uh so I did 13 shows in 5 years. So my last show was just about 4 months ago. It wasn't even that long ago. Oh, okay. Why do I, I don't know why I thought it was longer. That seems like a lot in a it's short a amount of time. <laughs> it, it is. I mean, there's people that do have done more shows than me. Like I'm not saying I've done the most, um, but I was in between categories for a while. And the way the bodybuilding work is works is that you're, there's different categories that you fit in of your body type and of the musculature that you're able to put on. So when I first started, I was in bikini division. I then changed into the figure division. And then now I ended up in the wellness division. The wellness division is something that I've wanted in the beginning, but they didn't have it here in the States. So I kind of had to just buy my time, go through the challenges of the other divisions until my division became available. Once it became available here, then I hopped on that train and that's, I didn't look back. So I became a professional bodybuilder in the division that I um, compete in, which is the wellness division. Um, And I coach women that are in both the wellness division and the bikini division, because the bikini division is not a sub division of wellness, but it's, it's within the same category. Like if you can train and compete in wellness, for the most part, you should be able to train and compete in bikini or coach in bikini. Um, but not everybody can do that. So I guess that's not really a good statement to me. So what do they mean when they say wellness? So wellness is a very lower body dominant uh, category. So thinking like petite upper body, not like anything huge or overpowering. It has to be more of a petite feminine upper body. And then emphasis is glutes, legs, like very big, bigger glutes, muscular legs, but not striated legs. Like you don't want to be seeing like vascularity or veins necessarily. You just want to see shape to your muscle and fine lines of the muscle, um, muscle definition, but not like overly muscular crossing the like 5% body fat line. Like that's not. Wait. So the lot, the veins, like that is like, like a something that people would be judged on. Oh yeah. Like, so for example, in the bikini division, if you shut up with vascularity and veins, 
100% you would take last place. That is the division. They do not want that type of that look. Now, if you're talking about the figure division, which is more of the muscular on top, more streamlined on the bottom, whereas wellness is tinier up top, bigger on the bottom, kind of an opposite. In the figure division, you're judged on your conditioning. So if you come in and you don't have your lines and you don't have that vascularity, you will place poorly because you will likely lose to somebody who has that vascularity and size. Um, so it's, it's very, this is why it's a very subjective sport because, and this is why, why when I coach, I'm a very different coach than other people. I let them know like, Hey, we're doing a show together, but you're doing this show for X, Y, and Z reasons, because you wanted to lose 75 pounds before you ever did a show, or you wanted to do this by the time you turned 30, or you wanted to do this after you had twins. I don't ever equate my client's success or their metrics or their markers based on the placing they get on stage, because there are so many variables within this. So you can have somebody come in at the best they've ever looked and take last place. Why? Depends on who showed up, depends on what kind of judges were there. Do the judges that show up like more hard and vascular for that division, or do they like more full and soft and feminine? You know, so there's so many variables within the sport that I really focus on what are you getting out of this as a client? Like, what do you want out of this? Sure, the placing is going to, to be great. And of course, we want to place as high as we can. But if we don't go in with certain goals achieved or things that you're trying to accomplish or prove to yourself, then what do we do it for? You know, we don't, we don't want that external validation. We want to do it for internal satisfaction. And that's really kind of what I drive home with my people. Mm. Is there like clickiness with the judges? Like certain judges don't like certain things and stuff. I want to say there isn't, they're always (laughs) politics. Like, listen, in any industry, there's like, there always is. There's some judges (laughs) that prefer blondes or some judges that prefer brunettes. Like literally there's some judges that prefer full and bigger some love shredded and dry you know so it's that's the other thing about it like it's you know at the end of the day there's only one winner essentially in the top five whatever um you know and and I always tell people like you could be the juiciest ripest peach in the world and there's still going to be somebody that hates peaches in the world so if you show up 100% unapologetically you every minute of every day at least you're satisfied when you go to bed at night. If you if you try to please everybody in your day, whether it's, oh, my coach said I should do this or my husband thinks I should do this or this teacher said I should do this, you're never pleased. You will go to bed dissatisfied. That's not a way to live either. And, you know, I really try to, to emphasize, because again, competing is a slippery slope. Some people develop eating disorders. Some people develop body dysmorphia or negative. Yeah, it definitely can be like hard because it's... It's like being judged on your looks. And if you did have a certain mindset in that, that can not be the most healthy thing. Totally. And that's, and again, these are all things that I, that I talk about with my clients before they compete, because, you know, if a client comes to me, hypothetically speaking, came to me and they left me worse than they came to me, meaning they had some sort of disordered eating or thinking or a behavior pattern because of the way that I coach them. And I wasn't a good coach. And that's a bigger issue because this is stuff that I see left and right in these industries. And, you know, I talked to a, a woman earlier today and it was like, I haven't heard from my coach in a month. I'm sorry, what? I, I talk to my people every day. It's like, you need me, I got you. You know, of course, if I'm sleeping, it's a different story. If I'm with clients, it's a different story. But, you know, you you should challenge everything. <laughs> if you don't like your service, challenge it. So interesting when you're talking, I felt like I saw like your face moving, like, um, I would just call it shape shifting, like I always do turning it. into like another energy. Totally so funny. Sometimes I feel like um, when I hear people talk who are like intuitive, not not necessarily always intuitives, but just like into 
like they're embodied I feel like I can see a different I don't know if it's like a spirit guide or like a higher self or something it's but like it was layer. like a, a layer yeah like yeah. a like um like I used to have these books as a little kid where you'd there'd be like different pages and some of them would be clear with like yes and put you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yes I do I see and it was like coming out of your mouth like <laughs> um like white gold and sparkly and then it was like just a bit your eyes were really big <laughs> <laughs> like almost like okay this is probably really random but uh like that's and I don't I don't do filters on, on snapchat and things like that because I just I'm literally like how do I use this? Um, but that one filter that looks like the cartoon character with the doll eyes and the eyes get really big and it like like kind of like a princess. Have you seen that one? I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was like bigger, but they were um I don't know, more alien-like or something. Totally. I totally get it. <laughs> <laughs> I am picking up what you're putting down. Yeah, I'm an alien. Like, let's kick it. If, if people think that we were not here, if we were only here and nobody came before us, then I am sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, have you had any? Well, I know you have because we talked about it. But would you like to talk about any experiences yes. you've had with extraterrestrials, or I don't know what even to call them. I just call them star beings or cosmic beings. I feel like some people think aliens sound scary, but it's scary to me sounds scary to me <laughs> um yeah I mean I see UFOs all the time I mean I live in Colorado and DIA and Denver airport is here um rumor has it that they're moving the CIA headquarters to under the DIA airport which I'm pretty sure all these interesting stories about the that horse and stuff I've heard about. oh yeah that horse killed the person who designed it so yeah. you're telling me this oversized blue horse that the designer spent years building and installing at DIA fell over and then killed him after it was installed. Okay. And it's like, it's, it's probably cement or something like they have to drill it in. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I've seen, I've always seen you. Like, I I mean, again, in the summer, it's a little bit easier to see because we have clearer skies, Uh, but you can literally see DIA from like where I live. And there's always UFOs. In fact, most of my friends will text me pictures like, do you see this one? And I'm like, yeah. Like, have you been seeing more in the last year? Year to year and a half. Uh, Definitely up into the last year and a half for sure. Um, I see them every day. Yeah, (laughs) I, I do too. And that's why it's like, it's not, it's not like surprising to me. And then, yeah, but no, I've had, I've had sleep paralysis, um, when what year was this 2013 or 14 again everything that we read and look into has energy right so whether we're reading something positive whether we're reading something negative it's going to bring that type of energy so when nick and i had first visited colorado i like jokingly said to him hey have you ever heard of the you know denver airport you know conspiracy theory and he was like no what is this and i was like oh <laughs> i should have known better so we get into colorado that night and we're staying at my old best friend's house um, where I went to college or I lived in part of college. And uh, he's up doing research and like reading <laughs> what, what this is. And I'm in bed next to him, like sleeping. And I remember being in this really deep, deep dream, like almost like I was falling into like this black hole, but I couldn't, I couldn't stop. Have you ever seen the movie um, Get Out? Mm-hmm. When he falls into the black space and it just like yeah, the weird like, void thing. Literally, it was like a black hole that I was falling into, and I couldn't get out of it. And I was, I kept, I was still falling, like free falling into the stream. And I remember like, like, mm-hmm, like mumbling and trying to like get out of the stream and like kind of like moaning. And Nick was up with the light on reading, 
and he he tells me he looks I remember seeing him look over at me he looks over at me he then sees me like struggling and just starts shaking me to like get me out of the stream and I finally like wake up and I was like aren't you not supposed to do that when people have like (laughs) sleep paralysis so I basically just like wake up and I'm like (laughs) like out of breath right because he doesn't know what's going on either it was like an unspoken thing and this again was back in 2014 we had only been dating for like a year year and a half at this point (laughs) we didn't really know each other on that level yet and I basically was like, dude, like, this is what was going on. And he was like, so he t- looks at his phone. He, I was like, well, what were you doing? He's like, I was researching stuff. And I was like, okay. So he gets on his phone. He exits out all the boxes, clears his internet history. And is like, we should just go to bed. And I was like, okay, sounds great. Well, that was the start of the rabbit hole. And we just went down it, like <laughs> free flowing, like, what is this? And this connects to this and this connects to this. And that was kind of the start of it. So um, the only other time that that has happened was at a time when I was living in LA. And again, same thing. I was in a deep sleep because I had just gotten uh, my breast implants done. So I had, it was October 30th. I was home the 31st. The night going into November 1st is when I had this feeling that someone was in our, our space. All Hallows Eve. <laughs> right. And so I couldn't figure out if I was just drugged on like pain meds or because I don't ever indulge in those kind of things. So I was just really, really sleep, like sleep deprived and weird. So my dog springs up in the middle of the night and just sits up and starts growling at our front door. That's never a good sign. <laughs> nah. And so I'm like, so I wake up and he's like, Hey, are you good? And I'm like, I'm fine. Like drunk. I'm like, I'm fine. But Bentley isn't. And so he looks over at Bentley. Then we both look over at the front door. And what we saw was like an outline of an alien gray, like in our door. But if it weren't for Nick being with me to confirm that, I would have just thought I was hallucinating because again, Halloween, <laughs> two pain meds, three, I can't move, you know, and, but my dog confirmed it. And I was like, hi. This was in Colorado. Oh no, you said this was in LA. This was in LA. Um, Interesting. We've seen paranormal activity mostly in LA and Colorado. I don't want to say we didn't see it in Miami, but it wasn't, it was more, it wasn't as, um, yeah, it's not like that. It's not the vibe down there. I, I can't explain it. <laughs> it's just like, no, I've never been to Miami, but, um, I've definitely had some experience, a lot of experience in California. Definitely. And Nick's from California originally. And what's interesting is like when, you know, everything happens for a reason, the town in which I moved to from Colorado, cause I went from college to LA, that city was Agora Hills. Agora Hills is really well known for like, uh, Indian Native American ceremonies, like burial grounds, like that kind of energy. And what's even crazier is fast forward two years into our relationship when we watched all of the um, alien files on Netflix or whatever show, the, the secret the secret files of aliens or ancient aliens. If you haven't seen the series, we've seen the entire series multiple times. Ironically, what's that guy with the, the like bro guy? Aliens, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I don't know his name, but I know which, I know which gift you're talking about. The city that's right next to Gore Hills is Thousand Oaks. Thousand Oaks had the only doctor in the world that removed alien implants. And this doctor was showcased on the show that we watched when we were dating. And we were really like trying to understand this. And what's interesting about this guy, his name is uh, Roger Lear. Lear, Um, He died so coincidentally in the last few years. Don't know why. Just he's dead now. He was a random death just random death, you know, probably a suicide of some sort, but he, he was the one that would be, that would remove these alien implants. And what he discovered earlier on in his journey of these alien implant removals is that when he was removing them behind the ears, a lot of the times they're in the wrists, a lot lot of ankles, especially women and kids, um, is when he would remove them because they were made out of an, of, of 
what's the word I'm looking for? They were made out of a substance that is not even on the periodic table of elements. So when he would remove them from, from somebody's bloodstream, they would literally disintegrate. So he had to figure out a way to keep them. So when he would take them out, he would keep them in the human's blood so that when he would be able to test the, what the material was, it would keep it alive. So that's how he was able to find out that the, the metals or whatever it was made of were compounds that were literally part of meteorites and were not from this earth. So, mm. Yeah, I see in, like a tectite is what I see in my mind. Yes. Like, um, you know what I'm talking about? They're a type of stone. Well, it's, it's meteor, right? It's like different than, it's kind of like more like glass almost. Yes, because it's, yeah. So yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> That's so interesting. Yeah, I have had a lot of experience, but um, I think the ones that I connect with, there's ones that are, I don't know what they're called. Like there's something super far away. And the other ones I think are like Octurian. So they're blue. Yes. So I have heard, and it's funny because um, <laughs> I didn't know this as I, cause I used to be a brunette. Like, a, I mean, I'm naturally a brunette and it's funny because as I started to transition to blonde, Nick had sent me this article, like this uh, thing on Instagram the other day. And it was like, like what, uh, I feel like it was like a star seed or whatever. And it was funny because the way that her silhouette was with the way that her hair was, was so like similar to mine. And he was like, did you intentionally? And I was like, no, like this was not planned. Like this just happened to be the way it is, you know? And it was just, but yeah, there's, there's a couple, there's, there's good ones. There's bad ones, you know, and there's ones that, you know, help us and (laughs) whatnot. Well, I think it's just like us, like there's shitty, evil murder people. And then there's cool people. And there's everyone in between. So I think it's like more complex than we can imagine. Oh, absolutely. I always laugh because like, yeah, I don't believe in anything. I'm like, oh, so you're an atheist. I respect that. <laughs> I'm like, tell me how. I think a lot of people are scared to, yeah. to like open up to that because there could be more than you would expect. Definitely. Yeah, they're funny. They're funny. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about relationships. Yeah. I'd love to hear, you were kind of telling me a little bit of a story about traveling and stuff and what's been going on with you lately. So I'd love to totally. have you share with, with us. Yeah, so Nick and I have been together for almost 10 years. 10 years will be this summer, which is crazy because when I was 23, we got together and now I'm 33, right? So of course, people change. We all change and we go through growth growth phases and some people regress. And uh, Did you guys mean in like LA area? Yeah, so we met at a manager meeting at Gold's Gym because we were both managers. Um, to kind of piggyback off what I was talking about with the towns that I lived in, he actually was offered the fitness manager position at the Thousand Oaks Gold's Gym. Uh, but the reason why he turned it down is because he used to live there. So it's like going back to your hometown, like, oh, I want to live there. So he turned down the gym in which he would have been my manager. So he turns it down. Three months later at that job, I get promoted and I take that position. Then a month later, we actually end up meeting at a manager meeting with all of the uh, managers um, on site. Like and a I- district type of thing? Yes. So I was the only female fitness manager and of like 12. And we met at a manager meeting and that was it. And he was like, I'm Nick. And I was like, I'm Nicky. See you later. (laughs) Okay. Um, And then from there, just kind of, we got along and 
I don't know. We were supposed to meet like one or two times before that, but it like just didn't happen. Like, um, I don't I, like I was supposed to go to a baseball game with the, the company and I didn't go and like just like random stuff. So uh, we ended up going on a date officially like two weeks after we met. And then that was like it. And so we we basically spent every single day together, literally, with the exception of like two two day periods in 10 years. Um you know, and so we both, we're both in fitness. We both, uh, we both are trainers. Um, we both, he's competed before. Um, it's not something that he, it's like, it's not his passion, um, but he's done it because it's what we do in this industry. And if you want to add to your resume, it's something that you should do, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so we, we, you know, we get along extremely well and we're, we're really similar, you know, but at the same time, things come with that, right? When you're too similar or spend too much time with somebody, you almost start to lose not for everybody, but you could potentially lose some of your own identity or who you are or become complacent in your own ways. And in order for any marriage or any relationship to work, you know, com- communication has to be key. And I tell this to my clients, you know, if, if you're going to mess up on your plan, you got to communicate it to me. I can't keep creating plans for you if you're not telling me what you're doing. So I can't damage control the, the, what you're doing. So, you know, I feel as though a lot of people in today's world are so quick, especially, again, I've been out of the dating world for 10 years, are so quick to swipe right and instant gratification and not do the work on themselves and not want to focus on bettering themselves before they're part of a whole, right? So, you know, as with everything in life, there's ebbs and flows and, you know, you have disagreements and you have agreements with with your partner. And, you know, this last year, you know, Nick and I have had some heart to hearts about just where we want to go, uh, what we want to do, as both individuals, as, as a couple. And, you know, I had to have a really hard conversation at one point in this year. And it was just like, Hey, listen, I really feel that a lot of your happiness is focused on my success and my drive and, and my goals. And I want to see you invested in yourself this much and you doing things that helps fulfill your cup. You know what I mean? Because of course you could be happy for me. And yes, you could be happy that I compete or I'm a professional bodybuilder, but what are you doing that makes you happy? Because supporting somebody else, as much as it's great on paper, isn't your number one, like fulfiller. Like I know this, it's that it, nobody wants to be putting themselves second. So, um, so yeah, so it was just, it was definitely, you know, again, I've never been married before. I've never hit 10 years with somebody before. And a lot of these conversations and things that you have to deal with or navigate through are, are difficult. And it's crazy because it's, you know, I mean, at least I think I I talk to people all day and I communicate with people all day. And it's just crazy to think that like your own relationships and your own marriages and your own relationships with family or friends, they require work. And it's, it's finding the people in your life that are worth doing the work for, whether it's a friendship or it's a marriage or it's a partnership of some sort. Like you got to find your people that you're willing to work for and then water it. You know, when I always tell people like throwing away a marriage or throwing away a relationship is like getting into an argument and it's equivalent of a flat tire. Sure. You have a flat tire. Would you slash your other three and call it a day? Or would you patch the tire and try to work through that? And then as your other ones get flat, fix them as you go along. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty simple when it comes to that. So I guess what I'm saying in a nutshell is um, when you have, you know, two types of people in the world, ones that are willing to work on things or willing to change for themselves or for the better. And there's people that are going to tell you that you're at fault and you're wrong and this, that, and the other. If you have somebody who's on this hand, you can work through and navigate through issues if the effort and communication is there. So that's my, my summary of marriage corner 101. <laughs> I think too, like, oh, I just had lost what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, 
I was like, I had a thought. Um, oh, what I was going to say is I think too, like in the like spirituality, like personal development realm, a lot of people are almost toxic to the point of like, I'm going to cut this person out of my life. I'm going to cut this thing out, like ghost this, let go of that, like release everything so that you can be a better person. And like, there's a time and place for that, obviously, like, you know, don't like stay with an abusive person, <laughs> like, of no. course. but there is like a point where we don't put enough effort into things that are worth exactly putting and effort I, into. And I feel like, and again, this might date me and make, make me sound old. <laughs> We're like the, the, world, the world that I know of like the dating world today versus the dating world when I was 23, 10 years ago, only 10 years ago with the addition of technology and dating apps and this, that, and the other, it's normalized that that serial dating and I'm not saying that you need to sit here and court somebody for a year and a half and then you get married and then you have a child and then you I'm not saying that but there's an element of stop be present what am I fulfilling a need that is a void of something that I'm dealing with from childhood am I looking for love what is this and you know to your point like of course I would never stay in a relationship with someone who was abusive right but every relationship has problems and every relationship has discussions of things that are some worse than the other. And my problems are probably somebody's laughable day. You know, it's like, I can't even say I have problems because they're really not problems. But if you, if you're, if, if your significant other is bringing something to your attention and for the sake of your own emotional maturity, it might not be something that you have seen or thought of, but if they're coming to you and saying, Hey, there's an issue and you're emotionally mature enough to say, Hey, I didn't know I was causing that issue. How can I fix it? How can I work through this? You're going to get further regardless because you're going to have to have those conversations anyway. So why make it an argument? Why make it a blow up? Why do any of those things? If two people are willing to work on it, you might as well just take the nice route and handle it. And even if you're not going to take the nice route, there's a way of doing it that's not nasty and gross and just, you know what, you know what I mean? Like we all see those couples that, are, that fight and you're just like, ah. I'm good. <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> I think too, like, I mean, so much of it comes back to our families or even our grandparents' generations before. It's like, if they're not the type of people to talk about stuff and just hide it and brush under the rug, like, it's so easy to just become that type of person and feel scared from confrontation because it's like, you're not used to it. So it's like, how can you better yourself by like learning how to let go of those like coping mechanisms? And that's the thing. It's like communication solves all, right? Like four agreements. Don't make assumptions. <laughs> if you just communicate, oh, Nick did something. Okay. Did he intentionally do that? Or can I just ask him, hey, when you left earlier today, I'm making this up, the door slammed. Were you angry when you left? Oh my God. No, I just had stuff in my hands. Oh, okay, cool. That's solved. That, that potential fear of he was mad, oh my God, versus I just asked him and now it's not even a thought. Like if more people were able to be in touch with what they need to communicate rather than placing that blame or being like, well, you did this. Well, they did this because of this. Why don't you ask them what, why they did that? You know what I mean? If you can go through life communicating better in everything, jobs, relationships, partnerships, anything, you're going to get further. It's just... It's just taking that step. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's like d- difficult to be like people view like anytime you bring something up, it's like a confrontation, like you're trying to fight. 
instead of like I'm just trying to literally talk right now like this is just the way my voice sounds for sure and that's like that's you know where we are as a society right we're in that heightened sense of hi hi we're in that like heightened sense of like defensiveness and this and that and it's like just breathe for a second you know like we are all guilty of it I operate at a very high pace and high speed but I also don't assume anything right I assume actually I do assume I assume my clients gonna tell me the truth right so when I or anybody tell me the truth like you what you say to me is what I consider truth I don't have to go past that until there's a situation that arises and it forces me to look past and be like well this doesn't make sense doesn't make sense and now this doesn't make sense so I just feel like as a general rule of thumb for people like speaking your truth like if something bothers you say it it's okay (laughs) like own it hey, I really don't like it when you leave the thermostat on heat because I wake up at 1 a.m. and I'm soaking wet. So can we not do that tonight? Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, okay, cool. Problem solved. See what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it just takes a few like sentences to change so many problems. <laughs> yeah, but you know, it, as you know, people operate on two emotions, fear and love. Like they don't, people think when you have to have a confrontation, it has to be this fight. Nick and I have confrontations often, but our tone is a certain way. Our inquiries are a certain way. We're not blaming anything. We're just trying to understand the other person. And if we all just like slow down for two seconds and like didn't take things personally, like everyone would be happier, I feel. I do too. Yeah. I think a lot of us are just like viewing things from our own lens. Like you're like, oh, if if I was in that person's shoes or in the situation, I would feel that way when you don't know anything about their life, their shit. Like, how are you supposed to assume that they're behaving that way just because that's what you would do? Exactly. And it's like <laughs> presumptuous. It's like, what? Who are you? Nothing about our lives is the same, like at all. Like, and even if they look the same on paper, they're not right. Like, and this is a perfect example. I love using the story. So when I was a kid, my dad was dating a girl uh, who had a girl, had a daughter like the same age as me. Her name was Angelica. And we were probably like seven or eight at the time. And we both were in the ocean and this big ass wave came through and knocked us out, like killed us. I came out crying and hysterical and Angelica came out laughing and happy. And my dad always uses this as a, as a reference point. He was like, listen, same situation happened to both of you. And you guys had two different reactions to it. So in life, like you can't just assume because you had an experience with the same coach or the same experience with the way that that they ran their team that person b is going to have that same experience and i was like that makes sense but now i do it to a point now where i can overanalyze the situation and like see it from everybody's angle so that i can't ever make a decision because i'm like shit now i see everyone's point <laughs> and i don't know what's right <laughs> <or> what's wrong. <laughs> i think the intuition sometimes can be hard yeah. like in personal life because you're like okay like i know that you're saying something other than what you're feeling but I don't want to just be like bitch that's not what you're saying (laughs) then I'm just assuming more even though I might be tuning into them it's not like they're paying me to do so like that's you know outside my now it's not my job (laughs) what you just said there now try to multiply that in a marriage (laughs) because (laughs) because here's the thing like I know my husband is never trying to do something to hurt me I know he's never trying to that's just how he is like we are very we're very similar as far as like our intuition um he is extremely intuitive he's currently learning tarot like there's a lot of things that we are very similar to um you know we've had our charts read like twin flame stuff like it's like very intense so I know he's never intending to do something that's off color, 
but it's hard because when we get into a disagreement, I'll have to be like, okay, I know he meant it this way, but I know what he's saying is not the truth, but he just needs to speak up. But I don't want to tell him that I know this because I don't want to be rude and read him. And then I'm like going back and forth. So then I hit my journal and I'm like, okay, I'm like a psychopath. And then he's probably like, what the fuck is wrong with her? <laughs> you know, it's all good. <laughs> Just psychic stuff. Well, we got up to the, we, literally the other night, we were pulling up to the light. We were going to make a left-hand turn. It was a double left-hand turn. As I'm pulling up to the two lanes, I could have chose left or right lane. And I was like, I'm choosing the right lane. I feel weird. So I chose the right lane. And sure enough, a police officer pulls up next to me. So he's the second car on the second car. And I'll, I just reach for the music. I turn it down. I don't say anything to Nick. Nick rolls up his window. We're both silent. It's just this weird silence. Light turns green. We turn. This person, T-Bone is this person. And Nick and I are just like what the fuck did we just witness? I was like, I totally felt this coming. And he was like, yeah, I know. That's why I rolled up the window. And I was like, okay. And we just, we like laughed. And so this woman gets out of the car. The one that hit the car was yelling at the other lady, not realizing an officer was behind her. So I'm just like, this woman is going to get her. <laughs> She's going to jail today. I'm pretty sure she was drunk, but I'm like, who, who does this? So it's just like, yeah, you know, you got to be with somebody who understands you because being intuitive is, <laughs> is great, but if you're with somebody who doesn't understand it, they will, uh, you're, you're up shit's creek without a paddle. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. I think sometimes like we don't know what we're picking up on until it comes. So it's like, oh, I get the feeling. And then, oh, now I understand what that feeling was. Totally. And, and there's a lot of times that I, um, I will try to journal, like, for example, um, I'm trying to explain, like, I try to journal the physical illness or ailment or sickness or weirdness that I'm feeling before an event happens. So I can try to correlate like, oh, that one day I just didn't feel well. Cause I don't have days I wake up and I'm like, I don't feel well. Like every day is the same. I wake up, I feel great. I'm slept. I'm, I'm, I'm rested. I don't have like, oh, I have a headache today. Like that doesn't normally happen to me. So it's a message for you. Yeah. Yes. So I'm really trying to write when I have a off day so I can start to correlate it with okay that higher body temperature and excessive night sweats yielded this that next day so when this happens again what type of event is it going to so I'm trying to systemize it like so I can understand it because it's still to your point like you can sense something's coming or you could feel it but you don't know what it is but I knew that there was going to be an accident I was just like whoa how is it going to involve me like so it's just for me I'm still trying to figure out when x happens why is a result of it I think there's a, like, for (laughs) a tip, but I think there's, like, two things going on. So you have mediumship and you have psychic stuff. So you're, sometimes it might be a spirit coming to you. Like, uh, for example, for me, like, I've had wrist pain really bad. And then, like, I had a reading, like, the next day. And the person had a grandparent who passed who had, like, really bad arthritis, So sometimes it could be like the spirit is sending you like a symptom. So you have like that evidence, but also it's like a premonition type of thing. Like, so I think the journaling will be really helpful because then you can see, okay, this is the feeling I get when this happens. And this is the evidence that came through for whatever reason. Yeah. and And it's just, it's really, again, I'm a visual person. So that helps me remember the feeling, because again, there's time is time, right? Like I, I can think of something when I was seven and be like, that was yesterday. But then I'm like, what? How was that? You know? Um, so for me, it's really just about 
not that I'll ever really have like a case study on myself, but it's just really more of like, okay, here's my personal evidence to confirm this. So who knows if I end up working. I literally you. write case studies. Like, oh my do you really? God. That's funny. That's funny. I, I, I was like, case study. Why are you saying case study? Like it felt like word oh, like a journal. <laughs> it's so funny because I, I just was like case study. I'm like, okay, say it. I just do it because it makes me feel like I'm a researcher, you know? Yeah, but it is. It's market research. Like, this is what's happening. And again, if I can't even Case be in study tune, number three, <laughs> if I can't be in tune with my own shit, if you will, because we all know that one person who's like really intuitive, but he's like, I'm ass. And you're like, okay, you haven't figured it out yet. Just slow it down. Ground yourself, right? Like, I don't ever want to be that. Person. No, you don't need like everything coming in all the damn time. No. And so for me, it's just more of like, okay here's a system, even though I can't control the system or control the messages or control what comes through, I can control in what the way in which I respond to it. You know, there's some days that I'm super high energy and I'm like, oh my God, a thousand things. And then on the flip side, when I have three people tell me last week that they suffered a death of some sort, literally, there's days like on a Thursday, I can't even formulate three sentences and I just call it an admin day. And I'm like, all right, I'm working from home today. And you know, it, Nick understands it because he's just you're tapped out. I'm like, yeah. Then the next day I wake up and it's like, boop, good to go. Does he also work remotely or is he in a gym? So he does both. So he has some online clients and he has some in-person clients. Most so you guys are like up in each other's face all the time too. We're always in the, like in passing, like, which is nice. Cause sometimes we have like, like hot meals together. We like, we never eat out of a Tupperware and like are without food, but we're always kind of the same schedule, but not because we're in different gyms or we generally have morning clients, afternoon, uh, morning clients, evening clients, midday of some sort working out in errands. So we're always kind of in passing. Um, so yeah, so it's nice because we don't have like a nine to five and our dogs always kind of get somebody around, which is, which is nice. Um, but yeah, and it, it's always been that way. Even when we worked, yeah, every, every job we worked at, except for our first job, we've been at the same gym of some sort for 10 years so yeah it's crazy well, tell us a little bit about if anyone wants to get a reading like what do those look like with you oh well um I usually do two generally two different type of reading depending on um what the person needs and I was actually explaining this to a client yesterday you know difference between psychic readings and mediumship readings um so psychic readings for um I do card readings for that okay. generally depending on the person because again most of the people that come to me are people that were like referrals of my current clients or current clients um I usually do a three card pull for them you know present past present and future um depending and then for mediumship readings um I will you know connect to who they want to connect to so that's fun. That's always fun. And it's crazy because I've gotten some clients from that were mediumship clients that ultimately became personal training clients. And like, it was this one girl that I, I work with now. And, and one day she's like, that reading you did for me six months ago. And I was like, I knew her name looked familiar. And she was like, I just have to tell you, um, you know, there was one part of your reading that you had referenced and you had said something about like my grandfather coming through and like kind of poking behind this, the vibe that I, what I was seeing was like, a guy hiding behind a tree and like popping out. Like I'm here, but you can't see me, okay? But the reading was for her grandmother. So I'm like, who is this guy coming through? So I just put it in, put it into a reading. I was like, okay, we're gonna put everything here. Guy came through. It's like, he was like hiding, like kind of peekaboo. It's kind of what I was, what I wrote. And like- so months, Do you record these and send them yeah, out? I record them and send them out. Um, I was, and, or if it's just a, if it's a mediumship reading and they want it typed out, I'll type it out instead. Um, 
whichever works best for them. Sometimes, some depending on if it's personal, I think they like the letter more so or like the breakdown and they have something tangible to reference, which I always think is nice because I try to, you know, make it as, as specific as what they're telling me to them because I'm we're just the vessel. Um, but it was funny because when I started, when I was training this girl and she was like, hey, I have to tell you, um, when you did that reading for me like six months ago, I had to ask my mom. So I showed my mom your letter and she just started crying because there was a time when, when I was a kid, my grandfather was trying to teach me how to play hide and seek and I didn't understand the game. So he kept popping out from behind this tree of like, boo, right? Dude, I started crying. I was like, because again, this was one of my first readings that was like official and like she had paid for it. And I was like, all right, I gotta nail this. And sure enough, I just like got super overwhelmed and I was like, it's so awesome because I remember doing the reading for her and I remember the image coming through and being like, I'm just going to say it anyway. It's okay. <laughs> Be vulnerable. And it was totally confirmed. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. It was, it was super beautiful. Yeah. Mediumship is so interesting because sometimes it's like emotional and then sometimes it's like really silly. So it's like, you never know what you're going to get. People are like, oh, I'm coming to like more in my grief, but it's ended up being like a weird. Totally. Or you get the opposite where someone's like, oh, I don't know what would come through. And then you get something that's like super intense and they're a mess. And you're like, I thought you didn't believe. And then you're like, oh, I told you. I know. And it's, it's just funny because it's, you know, and again, explaining it to people that don't know like mediumship or, and I don't, it's not offensive to me when someone's like, hey, I don't know, like, what is the difference? And, um, it's just crazy because there is no like user manual. How does this work? <laughs> there's books, there's evidence, there's general how-tos, but like every single medium is so different and, and so unique in their way that, you know, it just kind of is what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's why I love doing like the group. Well, I did Sloan's group and that's where we met. And then I've done, I've done, a, I've done a couple other circles and it's just so cool to see how everyone works like some people get like images some people get words and and like just the type of stuff they bring forward and then you can sit in the circle and be like oh wow I'm getting all that same shit like yeah and and that's the other reason why I because I'm currently in Sloan's uh current circle and it's every two weeks yeah it's every two weeks for six months and for me again, just like personal training, right? Like I go to the gym X amount of hours per day. I go, you know, that's a practice. So if I'm not practicing and I'm not actively practicing or being held accountable for, for my own mediumship work, it's not going to evolve and it's not going to get better. So I signed up to be accountable for my own self so that I feel more confident and, and better at my readings. And I'm so glad I did because it's, it's going amazingly and just it's on so many levels. Like it's so anyway, where I was going with this is that I love to see how everybody works because I'm a hands-on kind of person. And if you said something that is something that you picked up on based on what you know to be your sign or your indicator that that is what works for you, you might've just confirmed something for me that I didn't know was even potentially spirit. Or I just thought was, oh, that's just how it is. Or, oh, that's nothing. So it's nice to see real life application of the same delivery system but how we all perceive it is very different. And I like that because it gives me more information and more data on, no, what you are feeling is correct. Your heart rate is increased. You are sweating through your shirt for no reason. You are, you know, what is, what is <laughs> it that you're too. making this fun? fucking sweating. Or I get really cold. Dude, the sweating, it'll like, it'll happen to me. And I'm like, oh my God, I just sweat through my shirt. This is awesome. I'm like, okay, great. You're here. Yeah. I can't imagine like how people do like, um, 
like a stage perf- I know Sloan's not like a stage reading I'm like I'd be like <laughs> dude it'd be like pit. liquid like I have to wear all black <laughs> literally no I totally get that <laughs> I'm right there I mean I'm most like my, my day is in a gym anyway so I can justify sweating but I'm just like yeah spirit <laughs> the spirit sweats yeah it's really interesting and I think like the spirit explains it to me as like it a circle can be helpful because it's like putting things on display for you like you like you're saying you might get it differently but now you saw someone mention something and you're like oh okay that makes sense that's exactly what I've been getting for like five years and I didn't understand what was going on exactly and a lot of the stuff with the mediumship is like generational like word of mouth right like we learn from our ancestors essentially and through communities and things like that so it's I'm a pattern person I'm a numbers person I'm a symbol person so for me when I see things that are like that I can pick patterns up almost instantaneously like that's another thing that's really prominent to me um that's actually what we worked on last last week in in our circle which is crazy because symbols are like my jam and so it was like pew, pew, pew. My, my, my partner was like yeah the wallpaper was peach and had crappy flowers on it. And I was like, I could see it. <laughs> so. I love it. Well, is there anything else you want to share with us before we close out? Anything you're working on right now? Any? <sighs> I'm working on getting my podcast finally taken off. <laughs> cool. Amazing. Well, yeah. let us know when it's up and we'll, we'll share. I will. Yeah, that's it's that was actually you have a really good voice. I was gonna say I feel like um Thank you. meditate like guided meditations would be a fun project for you. Yeah. So I am loosely writing my first book. It's not I was pacing very well and then I got this new position where I'm just like, okay, I'm fully immersed in this. So it's like taking a little bit of a backseat, which isn't the worst thing. Um so yeah, I'm working on that. Got a podcast, I reserved the handle, got everything going with that. I just need to, to finalize it. Is that why you changed your Instagram to the Nikki show? I did. I was like, I know you're going to start a podcast. Well, it's twofold. Um, number one, I didn't want it to be a conflict of interest when people would go to my page and be like, wait, her company is fit to Nick, but she works for Team Elite Physique. I didn't want it to be like any sort of, because again, perception is reality, right? So I want people to see, okay, she's with Team Elite Physique. She's with Team Elite Physique. So I wanted to keep it clean and crisp. Um, but also um, part two of that is more podcast related. Um, yeah, I just wanted it to be more of an all-inclusive. I mean, my life is a shit show. So like, it really is a TV show. And so I'm like, all right. And ever since I changed my handle, things have been whoo, crazy. <laughs> so I'm like, well, you manifested being on a TV show. Your life is a TV show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think like, oh, I'm getting chills. I feel like it will be interesting for people to listen to. Like, I mean, whatever you want to talk about. But I think that like talking about the body and the spirit like together is that that's like a very unique thing that I think is super important and like for me I receive everything like in the organs and a lot of physical stuff but I think what you're doing is like a different level of that so I feel like that would be a very interesting conversation for people and that's kind of like the concept so the the name of it's going to be swole sisters co um and the reason for that is a lot of the people that i'm going to be interviewing are like really intuitive like competitors Um, most of my competitor friends are all really intuitive like it's not even like a question of again when you're when you're dealing with an industry that is so one track mind and so isolated and so focused and millimeter changes and this that and the other you have to take your plate your mind to a place of very like you're in it so most of the bodybuilders that I know are very spiritual people because 
you have to be. I mean, a lot of, and on the other side, uh, a lot of them are like ex-addicts and, uh, you yeah. know, things like that, because that extremism, right? It's a perfectionist. It's like, you know, they go from being an addict to now wanting the perfect physique, which again, there's, you know, spectrums to that. So what I'm really going to focus on with said podcast is, you know, interviewing different, um, just different competitors that I've, that I know and different divisions. Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of things from, you know, mind, body, spirit to the industry itself and just kind of see where it goes. And not every week is going to have like a guest on it necessarily. Um, but really just kind of combining, like you, I said, think you definitely need to just be solo too, like just talking, you know. All right. Well, thanks because the, there's a feedback. I'll do it. <laughs> awesome. Amazing. Well, I'll put all your info and stuff in the show notes so people can check out your page or Instagram and that way they can find out when the podcast comes out. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Nice to talk with you today. Yes. And um, yeah, we'll put all Nikki's info in the show notes, like I said, and we'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye.